nervous? <laughs> no. Where's your answer? Dennis Beckham, let the ball out! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Oh! oh, no! Oh, yes! He missed it! Welcome to the Suffering from Joy podcast. My name is Devin. We're here to talk about Arsenal and an awesome season preview for what we're hoping is going to be a great year. Um, we already won some silverware. Uh, I know a lot of people kind of, you know, they poo-poo the, the community shield, but for me it's always been and definitely didn't start in the 99th minute to become, you know, the Champions League and the World Cup and the SEC Championship all rolled together. Um, but I'm joined here by a triumvirate of great folks. Um, Josh, how you feeling? Uh, great trophy win? Yeah, uh, honestly, a, a great trophy win, all things considered, um, especially just considering just years, a years-long run of bad results against City. Um, finally getting something against them just felt incredibly significant, even if it was spurred on by a incredibly lucky and a little bit, a little bit stupid deflection goal by Trossard at uh, added time. Uh, before going to PKs, and then we sealed the deal. Uh, so you know, feeling feeling great. A trophy is a trophy, and it's it's just nice to see the players like super happy, kicking off the season well. Could be a tone setter for the season. Stupid deflection goal or destiny making itself known? Who knows? <laughs> um, Braden, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, I feel very much the same. It's always good to beat City, especially yeah. Their their fans can downplay as they want. I saw how Pep celebrated when they scored. So I know how, how much it means to, to go and uh, stick it back at them. So I, I'm really happy to see us kind of pull through some adversity, beat them, because I do think that's the sort of thing that may pay off later in the season. It's just kind of getting over that mental hurdle. And, you know, when we play in the season, we will have, you know, Holland will be getting subbed off and you know, Vardial may be out there and, and, and all that sort of thing. But the individual performances, I think, will stick. Like, we had Saliba, I thought, played really well against Holland. I think he'll take confidence into a rematch of it. So, I think all around it's good, even if the the Community Shield isn't the most important trophy we will hopefully win this season. Well, time will tell. But, uh, Ram, you did pull up one of my all-time favorite tweets um, from Gunner Blog earlier about William Saliba, where somebody asked what the words to the uh, Saliba tequila song were. <laughs> Saliba. Yeah, Saliba. Um, <laughs> um, exactly. Ram, how are you feeling right now? Uh, I'm feeling really good. Um, you know, the one word on the luck, you know, I'll take it. Uh, for a lot of championship teams, if you look back at their seasons and see the journey that they took to get from the beginning of the season to lifting a trophy in any sport, it requires at some point or another, some kind of luck. Uh, I'm not making any kind of bold predictions or anything like that. I mean, and we'll save that for later. But I do feel like luck, there's some weird quote out there, you know, floating around saying luck luck is there when, like, you work hard and make it happen. You know what I mean? So, like, we don't get lucky if Trossard doesn't make that move. We don't get lucky if we don't, you know, put together a good string of passes toward the end. Um so I think it's just all a result of of what I think this team is starting to show, show a little bit more of, and this um, this will to fight until the end, regardless of what the result shows. And we saw it a little bit last year, right, with against Bournemouth, Fulham early on in the season. Um, even though we did end up drawing with them, I thought the Southampton match at the Emirates was was sort of 
you saw some of that fight to where we scored two goals in the past four or in the last four or five minutes. So I'm, I'm glad to see that we, and, 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 and taking it to a step further, as, as it's already been mentioned, we did it against city. And this is the one team that's really like had their number over us for a long time. And so just the fact that we beat them, I mean, who cares if it's in the community shield, if it's preseason, quote unquote, we got some silverware out of it. That's something that our guys are going to be able to to hang their hat on and 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 reference in a game in the future. Because, yeah, I mean, they they you know adversity, all that good stuff. They they did it. They fought literally to the end and put themselves in a position to win. I mean, they still had to win in the shootout, right? And and it could have gone either way, um, but they did what they had to do as a team to 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 come out on top. Yeah, I mean, also. We- we won Schrodinger's trophy, but we won it. Yeah. Uh, Braden? Yeah, I just wanted to go in and say it's been far too long that we've been discussing uh, specifically the City game and not talked about Odegaard sitting Alvarez down and then giving him a nice pat on the back Ooh! as he went by. <laughs> that was something else. I had not seen that angle until today, and I spent a good five to ten minutes laughing at it. Yeah, I spent three to four minutes, depending on your belief in me and my bunk about it, but... Um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's get to the uh, the meat and bones here. We're going to do a full season preview, and I have some, some questions kind of lined up, but I think we're going to banter a little bit. Um, so I'm going to start with Ram here. Uh, how long have you been an Arsenal fan? How excited are you for this season based on your entire, like, length of being an Arsenal fan? And uh, how are we going to finish? What will our final league position be? So I officially became an Arsenal fan uh, prior to the 2018 season. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right at the beginning of Unai Emery ball, uh, basically right in the midst of our quote unquote banter era. Um, that was like a decade, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it was right there, right in the midst of it. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. So it was like sort of, okay. Maybe, maybe we can say like toward the, the tail end of it, if you will, the worst um, part of it, the worst part of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so in that context, I even said this last year, like every every week almost, I was like, this is the best team I've seen since I've become a fan. You know, I've, I've been aware of the history and this and this, and I've been watching Premier League football casually since like maybe 2009, 2010 or whatever. Never really picked a team until 2018. Um, so that's when I decided to just kind of jump right in, learn the history, learn the players, learn what's learn what it meant when someone was saying like, like Arsenal's like, this is not good enough. Like for me, that was an abstract thought. And then as the years went on, as it's gone on, since I decided to become a fan, you know, I fully understand it now. And at this point, like I said, um, I think this is the best we're, we're peaking, I think at the right time. And and maybe we haven't even peaked yet. So, I mean, maybe, you know, we're, we're, we're right where we're supposed to be. Um, right. When, you know, Mikel Arteta took over the, the managerial role, Everything he said in that first press conference, me as sort of a relatively newer fan, I jumped all in and I was like, all right, this is my guy, you know. Um, and I think everything he said has has, has come, come to fruition. And now I think the um, it's sort of – it's um, phase four, whatever phase we're going to be talking about, like whatever he's talking about, like, you know, different phases and all that stuff. I think um, now is the time that we're going to start seeing some results in terms of – silverware um which is what ultimately this is all about 
Um, I think I answered your first two questions. Third one was, where are we ending up at the end of the season? The important one. The important one. Uh, Premier League-wise, I'm going to just go ahead and say that uh, we're going to finish top of the league, man. Um, I think last year we sort of, in in a way, not necessarily overachieved, but maybe just kind of just performed way better than 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 expectations. But I think in a lot of ways, this past season was a good learning experience for a lot of our boys. They've never been in a title chase before. They learn what that's like. They know what it's about to lose uh, a title um, that, that was in their hands. Um, so I think they take those lessons and, and take it that further step. And I think ultimately we finish top of the league. Okay. We're going to hold you to that. Braden, how about you? Yeah. So uh, I am going to say we finished top of the league as well. Like, I think that this is going to be the year to do it. If we, if we do it, like I think city might have a little bit of a trouble hangover. I think that, with all the additions we made, I think we've got some guys entering uh, the prime of their career. I think we'll have a good three to four year window, but I think if we're going to catch city, like I think this feels like they're in a little bit of a transition period. I I know people said the same last year with Holland and and that proved to not really be a thing. Uh, But I I really do think that Gundogan is going to be a big miss for them. And I think that there'll be a few other things that they need to sort out. So, I think this is going to be a good year to really, really go for it. So I, I really hope it's this year. Yeah. And I mean, the, you know, we're recording this on August 8th. The season hasn't started yet, by the way, uh, shout out to my August 6th crew. Um, we yeah. did it again. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still possible city signs like five world-class midfielders between now and then. But I agree Gundogan's going to be a big miss, especially because he's sort of like a quote-unquote clutch player. Um, but, Braden, I guess let's kind of rewind. Do you think we're going to win? You've been an Arsenal fan for how long, and how excited are you compared to, you know, any other season? Yeah, so I rolled back the clock a little bit. I, my first season supporting Arsenal would have been uh, 07 08. And so uh, the first ever Arsenal game that I watched, I wouldn't say as a fan then, was the Champions League final. Um, so it's been a um, – I, I got well, well acquainted with what it's like to be an Arsenal <laughs> fan uh, early on. Um, so yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, it, it's been a, like a fun up-and-down journey. Like it's one of those – it, there's been a lot to like about the Arsenal teams. There's been a lot not to like, but I, I really do like the direction we're going in. I, I think that we've got a team that is not only, you know, a bunch of good players. I, I like all of them. There's no Samir Nasri's on this team. Um, you know, obviously having Arteta uh, as a player, I really, I really liked him as a player and that has continued as a manager. So I, I really like where this team is going. Um, there's been a lot of ups and downs, even with Arteta, but now it feels like we're mostly going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I had, like, a huge man crush on Arteta as a player, even probably back as, like, 07, 08, when he was playing on the wing for Everton. It's like, why can't we sign this guy? He's really good. And He's, now a, he's a handsome man. I'll have he's to say a very that. handsome man, and I would follow him into any old foxhole, which is probably not a good comment on my um, trust abilities, but... 
uh, <laughs> that's a problem for another day and a different psychologist. Um, Josh, what are you thinking? Uh, how long have you been an Arsenal fan? How excited are you for this season? And where are we going to ultimately finish? Yeah, so I, I guess I guess as a fan, I've been like Arsenal adjacent since the Invincible season. Because uh, a really close relative that's been a fan his whole life. And I just remember like playing whatever year of Pro Evolution Soccer it was on our PS2 at the time where like Arsenal was North London, that video games, we didn't have FIFA. Uh, but I guess I guess where I really started paying attention to Arsenal more closely was during the 2013-2014 season where they made the FA Cup run. And I just remember watching the FA Cup final when they played Hull City in 2014. And kind of knew who most of the players were, like really loved Jack Wilshire, obviously Mikel Arteta, uh, paid attention to him a lot. Uh, and then guys like Fl- Flamini and Rosicki, Ozil, Walcott, um, Giroud, like I was just like, okay, like this club has a really great identity. Uh, and then obviously after 2014, like you enter the banter era, like, <laughs> like full tilt. Uh so that was where kind of like, and it was it's kind of it was kind of convenient because I was I was in college from 2012 to 2016, and then uh, you know just focusing on other things, working on jobs. I didn't have a lot of time to watch football until uh, right around when COVID hit, and then when COVID hit, it's like uh, that's I was like, okay, I guess I'm watching Arsenal again. So I kind of like dove back into it during COVID, and then um, once I Moved back to Austin after a two-year stint in Houston. Um, really got connected. With, I know it sucks. Uh, <laughs> just really got connected with the supporter base here, and now I'm like, like all Arsenal, North London forever. Uh, two thumbs up. Uh, as far as right. what? Fuck magpies, right? Dude, forever. <laughs> uh, and as far as as far as like excitement level for the season, um, I'm there's no reason to not be just completely incredibly excited to just watch this team this season. Um, Especially after the signings this summer, getting guys like Havertz and Timber and Declan Rice and seeing how they're already making valuable contributions, even in the preseason games where they haven't been playing. They've been playing with the team for a matter of weeks and you see a guy like Havertz and he's just, 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 just a wizard just in being well positioned. Even if he's not scoring, he, he has a, very palpable impact, especially in the nine position against City on Sunday. It's like people were dogging him because he hasn't been scoring a crap ton uh, since he got signed. And I'm like, y'all, it's one, it's preseason, but also like, are you watching this guy play? Like this guy knows what he's doing. And like, if to have a guy that that's, that, that, that is that versatile, uh, I'm excited about that. And then obviously Timber has been just a complete nutter boss in the preseason and just bring some added depth to the left back position that was just sorely needed. Um, and then we just have the depth to make it through multiple competitions this year. So it's just like, it's really, as long as everyone stays healthy and we don't have, you know, the groin demon uh, showing up at the Emirates, uh, like, like I'm, I'm all for a potential title run this season. I think, I think we close the gap with city. Um, I think we win a lot of games that we should win. I think we don't lose those games to, uh relegation zone teams like we did against uh not necessarily losing but just like dropping points to teams like Southampton and Everton and stuff like that that really affected uh the nature of our title race last season and and then it's I think we just have a better chance of 
you know, getting results home and away against teams like City and United and um, other teams that are in the top half. Um, and then add in Champions League football to all of that. It's, it's just going to be an incredibly exciting season, no matter what the results are. But I think there's no reason to think that Arsenal finishes anywhere outside of the top two. I think they're either going to win the title or finish in second again. I mean, you guys keep bringing up that Sotan game at home like it's getting personal here. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was personal for us, too, and we weren't there. So, <laughs> Oh, man, I would have had, like, a full psychological meltdown if I wasn't in the, like, well, we're here, it's time to have a good time, even though it was kind of a shitty game, at least we came back, ha, ha, ha. Well, let's pin you down, Josh, first or second. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go all in and, and say first, just because City, hey, there we go. City, City looks like, the treble hangover is real, but also with the changes in the roster that City encountered during the transfer window, losing guys like Gundogan, I think they've just lost a step. And um, and, and I think the, the secret to them right now, unless they just sign like a world class like midfield within the next few weeks or something like that, um, all you got to do is shut down Holland, and like half of their scoring production is just gone, just like that. Um, so I, this year seems a little bit more plain and simple than last, where being where we were was kind of a surprise all things considered yeah and i mean i'm gonna i'll wrap up and i'll do my own version here um i've been sort of what you guys have sort of called arsenal adjacent since like oh two ish um i wasn't like you know hanging on the edge watching every game in the invincible season like i'm not calling for cred or anything um kind of started watching really heavily like oh four oh five oh five oh six something like that um, and I think easily, other than maybe 07 08, out of the gates, this is the best Arsenal team I've seen, like by a pretty big margin. Um, I'm very excited about it. I'm gonna kind of hedge my bets and say I think we're gonna have some trouble playing a bunch of Champions League games and say we're gonna finish second. I think we'll be a better team than last year, but I don't know if we're gonna get the points needed to get where we need to go and like city was a mess for a while last year and then they figured it out and um sort of the the nick saban you know bill belichick rule i'll bet against them when they finally lose type of thing so i'm not trying to be a downer but um i'm taking us in second uh it's fair yeah um but i kind of i kind of segued into this a little bit we are in the champions league for the first time and for fucking ever um, since the banter era, as we like to say. Um, so, Braden, I'm going to lead off here. Uh, how far are we going to go? I know we don't have the draw yet, but um, how far do you see us going in the Champions League this year? Yeah, I, without saying the draw, and I, I will say us getting in the pot two is potentially a massive <laughs> boost for us. Like, when you look at the groups that could have happened if we were in pot three, uh, it's ugly. Uh, versus the ones we might get with us being in pot two, it looks a lot better. So um, thank you, Juventus, for cheating. Uh, <laughs> very, very happy uh, to, to, to not be in pot three. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that we get to the quarterfinals and, and then go out there. I, I think that some of the inexperience in the Champions League will hurt us when it comes to you know playing knockout football over two legs. And I don't think it's particularly been a strong point of – Arteta in, as far as game management and and that sort of thing goes for those games. Uh, so I, I think we'll get 
we'll get beaten in the knockout, but I think we should easily be favorites to get out of the group because I just, when you look at the level of investment from English teams versus the rest of Europe, I think pretty much every English team should be favored to get out of the group. Um, so I'm going to say quarters. You get a favorable draw, you can go farther than that, but I, I think we'll run into to someone and just not quite be able to get over the hump. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we were probably a top call it five to ten team in Europe last year and we lost in the was it round of sixteen in Europa. Uh on penalties to a great goal and a bunch of stupid injuries, fine, whatever, put all the qualifiers you want on it, but um Arsenal doesn't have a great European track record. So I'm with you, I think quarters, but um it wouldn't shock me if we sort of like do a dumb lose to Monaco or someone like that before then. Um Ram, we haven't heard from you in a minute. How are you feeling about uh Champions League? Well, yeah, I think I'm, first of all, I'm very excited, right? Because as as a soccer fan for a very long time, Champions League has also been something that even as I was a little bit more on the casual side, I'm always tuning in, right? It's one of the biggest competitions. It is the biggest competition in the world. Uh, it's essentially, you know, the Super Bowl of, of football. Um it's not as big so, as the community shield. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. But I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive tournament. It's, it's so exciting to finally be part of it. Uh, as an Arsenal fan, this will be the first time I'm seeing my team in the Champions League. So I'm buzzing for that. Um, I am, you know, very well aware of our weak track record as of late in, in, in Europe. Um, I will say that I think a lot of that has to do with just sort of our, our lack of depth. And I think this year, at least the past couple of years, we've already, we've been looking to address that. And I think we're sort of, you know, this is the best squad top to bottom that we've had in a long time. And I think Arteta has recruited the past couple of windows with the idea of performing well in Europe, in the Champions League, right? Because I, I think ultimately, you know, if we, if, again, taking it back to the beginning of last season, you could probably realistic, realistically say that our, our our goal was top four. And I feel like we recruited in the in the summer and in January with that intention of being of get not only just getting in and securing top four, but having the squad being ready to go into Champions League and not necessarily just showing up and maybe winning the the group, but actually making some noise in in the Champions League. So I'm going to go bold again, and I think we're probably going to luck our way into a, a into a semifinal, man. Uh, obviously, this all depends on on the draw. Like, there's still some qualifying games that are still being played right now. Um, but I do have a feeling like, I, I mean, we just got so many people. I mean, we've, we've, we've built this roster up to, to, to do this. This is, you know, the, the table that's set in front of us, Champions League and being a title contender. This is this has been the vision since the beginning. And so I think the squad that we have now, plus there's going to be a January window, right? So who knows what happens there? Granted, January window isn't the biggest window in terms of like recruiting in a bunch of players. A lot of time you're bringing in stop gaps and just squad, you know, depth, even more of that. But so I think, yeah, man, I I think on top of winning the Premier League, I think we're going to make it all the way um, to a semifinal. I don't know how we'll do, but I feel like... Like I said, ultimately, this is the table that we we wanted set for a long time, and I think we're about to eat, bros. Well, I mean, like, January 
can be a big window. I know a bunch of people I don't exactly remember, and I'm not going to call anybody out on this podcast, but 85, 90% of the Arsenal fan base were, oh, we need this Mudrick guy. Like, he's so fast. He's going to be so good. And I'm sitting there, like, screaming into the voids, saying, Trossard, Trossard. And I think I'm going to end up being a winner on that one. Um, I... I was a Mudrick guy for a long time. I'll admit it. I was blown away by the YouTube comps, uh, but I'm happy to also just say how wrong I was, and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as long as we're winning games, that's that's all that matters. Yeah, I actually still think there's a good chance Mudrick comes good. Like I, I fully believe in Mikel Arteta talent ID, so I we'll we'll see how it goes. So fair I, enough. I, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put this to one side, but like. Mudrick, what he could have done with Mikel Arteta versus like the shithole that is Chelsea, I don't think is exactly a fair cop either way. Yeah. Um, so whether he comes good or not, it's sort of, you know, uh, it's not what he would have done with Mikel. But uh, Josh, Champions um, League, how are we doing? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Um, like I, like everyone else has said, it really really depends on the draw uh, with with the teams in our pot. Um, but. I'm expecting to at least make the quarterfinal and I'll feel satisfied or super content uh, if we make it all the way to the semifinal with this current roster. That's what I feel like is possible considering that like, I think there's only a handful of players on this roster that have actually played Champions League football. Uh, So we'll see how they handle just the added pressure in workload because you know, injuries definitely affected our path in Europa last season. We had, you know, got knocked out by sporting, which was just super stupid, all things considered. Um, but, you know, if, if I if I rank, if I try to figure, if I try to pick out a top four from all the teams that are currently qualified, um, the top four that I pick out just by looking at it would be Man City, Madrid, Arsenal, and then flip a coin for Napoli or Inter. Um, I think Inter's going to feel really, really motivated making it to the final uh, last year and and losing out. Uh, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in the semis this year. But if I think about like the quality of all the squads, like Arsenal's world class this year. We have we have the depth and we have the pieces to make a deep run. Um, it's just a matter of what's realistic. And I'm going to go with Ram here and just firmly say semifinal. I think it's completely possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely possible. I don't know. Um... I don't want to get too deep into other teams. I think Napoli's races run, but um, you know, wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me to see Barcelona or Bayern Munich or anybody kind of pop up. I um, mean, a lot of it's draw and a lot of it's sort of just like luck in some games. Uh, but let me go ahead and pose a question, and we'll start back with Josh here. If you had a choice between winning the Champions League or the Premier League, which would you pick? Oh, Premier League every time. Uh, I agree. Uh, Ram, how about you? Um, Premier League. Braden? Yeah, so I'm going to break from y'all slightly. I think for most teams, especially if you've won a Champions League, I think that the Premier League is the, the bigger trophy. It's harder to win. I think you have to be much more consistent over the course of the season. I think it's better to win that overall. But I do think there is a certain prestige uh, factor that comes in for, and there's like a club of teams that have won the Champions League before, and currently we're not in that club. So I would like to see us get in that club. And um, for me, it's the Champions League for the first time we win it. Every time after that, uh, it will be Premier League. 
Yeah, we're sort of the reverse Liverpool in that way. Um, so I definitely see the argument. And I think the last European trophy we got was like the Intercities Bears Cup in, the, in like 94 or something like that. Um, so it's been a while. Oh, somebody's dog besides mine. Is that Stryker? Oh, yeah. Stryker's all pissed off about something. Hi, Stryker. I miss you. Um, we always have dog detours here. Um, for those guys listening, we actually had to take like a 10-minute dog detour and restart because uh, somebody lost their dog in my front yard and Philip was not happy about it. But we're back. Um, okay, so I'm going to kind of combo a couple things that uh, I sent out to you guys. We had this cool form, and I never actually stick to it, as longtime listeners of the podcast will know. So um, how do I want to approach this? All three of you think we're winning the league. I think we're in second. Who are your top four? Braden, go first. Uh, in order or not in order? All right, so t- yeah, I'll, I'll go in order. Um, I'm going to go Arsenal... City. Go Newcastle third and Chelsea fourth. Chelsea fourth. Uh, any reason why? I just think that, especially without Europe, they have a real manager now. I think that the team is stocked with a lot of talent, and I, I do think they need to solve holding midfield. Uh, they've been chasing Caicedo a while. I don't think that gets done. I think they need to find someone else in there to really kind of pull that team together and to give someone cover for Enzo because he's not doing any defensive work. Um, And I think if they do that, I think Nico Jackson has looked really sharp in preseason. And I think they have the, yeah, I think they have the talent and people have just kind of forgotten that and are putting too much into how it all went in a kind of weird, crazy, terrible season for them. And I think if some of those, factors with getting rid of people who didn't want to be there getting a manager that kind of everyone's behind i think they will be a lot better than people are really prepared for yeah i think that's a good call especially because they sort of went into a spiral and then it's like a new season you don't have to be in the same spiral it's easy to kind of like if they get a couple of good results early like watch out they have good players they have a lot of money in there um they have a manager who isn't a complete moron um It could get dangerous. So I think that's a good shout. Uh, Josh, how about you? Uh, I guess what I'm thinking is, uh, yeah, Arsenal uh, in the first position, uh, City in second, United in third, then uh, Liverpool in fourth. Okay. Um, Definitely see all of those. Ram, how about you? Uh, Yeah, easy for the top two, right? Arsenal and City. Uh, I feel like third, fourth, fifth, all the way, maybe down to sixth is going to be like, you know, back and forth, kind of like it was last year. So, yeah, we'll go Arsenal. I think we'll go City. I think Liverpool has a little bit of a resurgence and ends at third. And then fourth is going to be Manchester United. And then I'll just go one extra and say Chelsea barely misses out on top four and finishes in Europa League fifth. Um, I do like, um, you know, what was just said about uh, Chelsea and you know, they're going to have a little bit of a bounce back here just because they did at least have a comp. They now have a competent manager. Um, and, you know, they've gotten rid of a lot of players, so they can easily go on like a little hot streak and, and, and make things scary for a few teams. Um, but I don't think they're going to do better than fifth. 
uh, and also that's enough enough uh, talking good about Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we all agree. We've said enough nice things about Chelsea. We all think they're going to be to some degree back next year. Um, I'm going to go some version of one and two Arsenal City, um, Saudi Castle in third, and I'm going to say it takes Liverpool a little bit to cook. But they end up getting that fourth spot, and that's entirely contingent on Mo Salah staying there. Um, you know, one thing about one thing about uh, Newcastle. I'm sorry, but I think like like they had an incredible run last year, but I think they're gonna maybe not do as well this year. Maybe choke a little bit under the pressure, and you know, not have that. They're not gonna be able to repeat last year and finish in the top four. I mean, I could see it, especially with uh, the extra games. Um, who knows? Uh, only time will tell. That's why we're doing this prediction thing. So in six months, we can all look at this and go, Ugh, we said what? <laughs> also, I think I think with, with, with Saudi Castle, uh, they That's had... Someone from they had Atlanta, a, they, I'm con- oh, go ahead, man. Are you going to talk about no, Miguel Almiron? Someone Braden? from Atlanta, I'm contractually obligated. Yes. Yeah, and kind of and kind of to that topic, I'm a big, big Almiron fan. Uh, loved watching him play with Martinez when they were together at Atlanta. Uh, but I think, I, I think, I think Newcastle is going to have a similar situation to like Austin FC in the season that they've had this year so far. Is that like Austin FC was successful last season because they had like two players in Drewsy and Fagundes having very like off the wall, incredible seasons. And uh, that kind of, that kind of feels at least feels like what Newcastle experienced last year is that they had a lot of players on their team that were having good seasons all at the same time. It wasn't necessarily because they were a well put together squad. It's just, they got results when they needed to, they went on a good run and then just kind of mellowed out toward the end of the season. And I'm I'm taking that as a sign of potential regression instead of like direct progression into like being a top uh legit top four contender this year. Yeah, and I mean again, this is all contingent on the window too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um okay, uh biggest Premier League surprise, Josh. Uh how about you? Oh gosh. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think biggest Premier League surprise is that you're going to see uh, potentially either Brentford, Brighton, or Fulham contend for a Champions League spot this season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Brad, anything to add? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Uh, anything you want to add? Uh, Brentford, Brighton, Fulham complete, competing for a Champions League spot? Oh, I could totally see that. Um, if anything, I would probably, if I was a betting man, I would say Brighton would be the one battling for top four. I love the way they recruit players and the way they play football. Um, if I had a quote-unquote second team, it'd probably be them. They're Definitely a team I tune in, tune into if if Arsenal's not playing or, or what have you. Uh, but I think if if, if we're going to be uh, picking surprises, uh, I'm going to say that Burnley finishes 
uh, in the top eight somewhere. Um, just because I think they've got a real good coach in Vincent company. And I did watch nerding out a little bit, but I did watch a few championship uh, league matches with Burnley involved and they play some really, really exciting football. So I'm not saying they're going to take the premier league by storm, but I think they, uh, they have a style and they have players that not only are they going to survive in the premier league, I think they're going to, you know, upset some teams, go up there and then finish in the top eight somewhere. Maybe probably eight. Well, I'll probably say eight, right? But like, yeah, they'll be they'll be a team to to, rec- to reckon with. At least knocking on the door of Europe, right? Uh, Braden, you are a betting man. You host a podcast about betting odds <laughs> called the Football Academy. This is nice. my plug for your podcast. Um, how about you? What do you think about uh, those predictions and uh, any surprises of your own? Yeah, I think the Brighton pick is pretty spot on. Like, I think they're going to be a good team. I think that there's a, a good chance that they compete for a Champions League spot. They may fall just short, but I think they have the talent to do it. I think they've got the manager to do it as well. Uh, the one that I'm going to throw in there is that Luton away is going to be a really difficult game for lots of teams. I think when you look at a stadium that's smaller than my high school uh, stadium, uh, my high school football stadium, I think that it's going to be a tough place to go for league play. I think that players can kind of get ready for the fact that they're going to be playing in the, the like crazy small facilities that you see in like league one, league two teams when they get in the FA cup, like they can prepare for that when it's, just regular league play, I think it's a little trickier. Like, I think there's just things that it's going to be hard to prepare for. So I think when you consider a newly promoted team, I think that's going to be a harder matchup than anyone's going to uh, – than anyone's really ready for, especially probably early in the season. So uh, if you're a betting man and you're checking out the Football Academy, as you mentioned, uh, there's probably going to be a lot of times I think it's going to be right to take Luton with the, with the odds. Yeah, at least to steal a draw or two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to go and, like, compete for, like, Europe or anything. <laughs> yeah, I think mine is uh, Everton are safe a lot sooner than we think this year. Hmm. So, um, like, week 36? Yeah. I mean, that's better than the past two seasons. <laughs> uh, I think they're going to be in that comfy kind of Crystal Palace towards the end of last year zone where like you're very firmly like between 16 and 13 by week let's call it 34 yeah. um, and it's going to make me sad but also we play them at the uh, end of the season so maybe uh, that'll work out in our favor uh, okay uh, we didn't talk about cups yet and uh, Ram, I'll let you lead off here. Uh, who's going to win the FA Cup? Who's going to win the League Cup? Not that the second one matters at all because it's not a real trophy. <laughs> uh, damn it. So I think I'm envisioning this this back and forth again with Arsenal and City, right? Like we're going to go toe-to-toe with them on like three fronts, right? I think we'll go to toe-to-toe with them on in the FA Cup at some point and the League Cup and, you know, obviously the Premier League. Um, so I have just kind of, and this was just first instinct type of thing, uh, but maybe I want to reverse it. We'll see. But I think city Manchester city ends up winning like the FA cup and we win, we win the league cup. Um, that's what I have written down. 
with, like I said, us going back and forth with him and then just kind of, you know, the chips falling where they are. I don't think we'll be able to pull off a treble this year. Um, but I think we'll, we'll be, you know, fighting. Uh, we're, the, the, the community shield was not the last time, last time that silverware would be at stake with us and city. So I'll give city the FA cup and we'll get the league cup, but, uh, hopefully we get it reversed. Okay. Um, like that idea uh josh how about you um so my my prediction is contingent on how champions league football uh goes for us so if 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 we're deep and we're set up for quarterfinals semifinals in the champions league um i'm curious as to how if if we're in the similar stage in the fa cup how that's really going to shake out um, but historically, Arsenal have done really, really well in this competition. And it's one of those where it's like, if I look at the clock, it's like, hey, it's been like four to five years since the FA Cup. I guess it's time to win one now. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if they make it to the semis, um, I think they come out with another trophy at Wembley in May, regardless of who they play. Um, so I'm I'm going to say we get knocked out in the semis and either uh, City or United win the FA Cup this year. Uh, but I, I think we could contend for a double this year. Easy. Okay. I'm going to go back and ask this again. Who's going to win the FA Cup and who's going to win the League Cup? Anyone? I'm, I'm going to say, uh, I'll say, I'll say City wins the FA Cup and, uh, I'm going to go with Brighton for the League Cup. Ooh, Brighton for the League Cup. That's a good call. Uh, Ram, just for the record, one more time. I'm going to just – I'm going to go bold, man. I think Arsenal wins the FA Cup. City can go ahead and take the League Cup. Okay. Uh, Brayden, how about you? So I'm going to take City for the FA Cup, and I, I'm going to take Newcastle for the League Cup. I, I think one of the prerequisites for picking someone for the League Cup is they have to be a team that wants to win it. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think that, like, Arsenal really care, but I, I think Newcastle really will. Like, I think a chance for them to win any sort of silverware, like, I, I think they'll really go for it. And I, you may not see, like, the entire first team, but I think you'll see a lot of B-plus lineups from Newcastle in the League Cup. And I think that will probably that, – that might be good enough to see them get through to the final. Okay, yeah. I think I'm I'm sold on Newcastle for the League Cup. It's a good sell, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I have no idea on the FA Cup. Like, I don't even know how to approach that trophy this year. Well, see, my thing is, like, Arsenal's been falling out of all these competitions just because, again, it just, for me, it all goes to back to depth. And I think, I don't think we've we've necessarily, like, fucked off any of these trophy competitions or Europe to that matter. Like, I just think, you know, we, Arteta puts in, puts in, puts in a a lineup that he hopes and expects will perform that night and and win and take us to the next round. And a lot of times it just doesn't win. And, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think, I think we have the depth now to where, you know, we can put our B squad on there and it'll be good enough to win some of these earlier round games. And before you know it, like we're in the final of, of a bunch of these things. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that's just, that's just the way I'm looking at it. Like, 
yeah, I think we're at a, a point with our roster where we're too deep in nearly every position. And if we go with our number two guys for, a, you know, a, a third or fourth round Carabao Cup matchup against, I don't know, Hull or whatever, like, I think we'll be able to do pretty well without even quote unquote trying, you know? So just kind of like, you know, a few years ago, we were seeing Liverpool um, in all these finals as well. Like, and, you know, they were almost at a point of winning a quadruple or whatever, whatever the hell that was. So like, it's, I think it just ultimately comes down to whichever team has the most depth. And I think we've got, I think we're, we're setting ourselves up to, win on all fronts i don't know if that happens obviously but like i feel like um we're gonna be we're gonna be in a lot of finals this year yeah and i think that's kind of the understated thing that not a ton of people are talking about enough about you know we're gonna compete on all these fronts but we actually have depth for once <laughs> right right exactly yeah you're always thinking like oh well let's just give up carabao cup today i was looking at the lineup where we lost three to one against brighton and i mean we were starting el Neni and sammy Lokonga. Uh, Rob Holding, Cedric, and Brighton was starting Matoma, Caicedo. Um, they had that uh, Enciso guy. I mean, obviously, he's a younger kid, but, like, they had a stronger squad than – oh, they had they started, like, Luke Dunk, that, that center back who's, like, 6'6", six, six, um, Sully March. They had all – they had a lot of their top guys. Obviously, they were probably of the mindset, like, yeah, they're going to go for it and try and win that competition because they don't necessarily have Europe – on their minds, but at, at least at that point of the season, but, you know, we were starting guys that uh, for, I mean, for no other, we just had nobody else to put in there. And I think in a game like that, we're not going to start El Nenny because we don't need to, like we can put in somebody better than that. Probably put in Thomas, Thomas and, you know, I don't know who else, maybe, maybe El Nenny, maybe, maybe El Nenny gets to play, but you know, Sammy Lokonga is not going to par- be partnering with him. We're going to have a little bit of a stronger team overall. We're definitely not going to see Cedric, Rob Holding, whether he's on the team or not, is not going to see the pitch uh, unless it's as a sub for something like that, just because we have the depth to just kind of win at will, I feel. Yeah, I think if we see El Nenny, it's like a victory lap game or like he comes on as a sub in a League Cup thing or something like that. Right. Uh, I mean, we went out early in the League Cup last year, but part of that was like the matchup and the way it got slotted into the schedule. And we sort of said, hey, fuck off, whatever. Yeah, uh, to be fair, to be fair, like if we lose that one, I don't care, right? That's the one. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I think most of us were begging to lose that game at that point. Yeah, you yeah, you're right, yeah. Fixture congestion. Yeah. All right, I'm going to do one more question for everyone, talking about other teams, and then we're going to get to the good stuff. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds great. All right, Josh, you're going to go first. Who's getting relegated? Oh, I was waiting for this one. This is uh... – I, I I think I think I think this year is going to be a similar toss up to how things shook up, where it it really just ended up to where the the teams that were screwed the most at the end of the season got relegated. Uh, but okay, so I have four teams that are at risk and three teams that I feel solid about saying that they're going to end up in the bottom three. Um, so for my bottom three, I have Wolves, Sheffield, and Luton, and uh four teams that i feel like are at risk that are going to hover around the relegation zone for most of this year are going to be everton west town bournemouth and forest um i I just don't think uh for any of those teams the the offensive production is going to be there to really reel in the goal differential that will really keep them from losing back-to-back fixtures and multiple points in the season um looking at the quality of teams 
um, above the top, the the bottom eight positions in the table. Like I just, I don't, I just don't see a path for any of those teams to get out of the bottom uh, unless they just perform super uncharacteristically. Uh, and yeah, even, even the Wolves finish in the 13th spot. Um, I, I, I think we see them drop into the bottom three this year. And then I just don't see Sheffield and Luton standing up, staying up. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think mine for sure are Wolves. I'm with you. I think this is the year they finally get kicked back down. Um, I want to see Luton stay up, but I don't see him doing it. Uh, if they come out on some like crazy run and rack up like 20 points in the first few weeks, fine. Um, and they will have that kind of Burnley-esque home field advantage that Braden talked about earlier, but I, I don't see them doing enough to stay up. And I'm very torn on this last one because I really, really, really wanted my surprise pick to be Birdmouth staying up again, but I don't think they have another season in them. Um, they fired Gazza O'Neill, and I think that's going to do them in. So <laughs> those are my three. Um, Braden, how about you? Yeah, so I think Wolves is a great shout, and I'm going to continue that. Although, I, from what it sounds like, Lopetegui's out. And uh, it oh, sounds he's like uh, he's already gone. And it sounds like O'Neill is coming in, which is kind of, like it's kind of wild to fire your manager three days or four days before the start of the season. Fuck it, um, we'll do it live. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I think it's going to be a shit show there, and so I, I'm definitely taking Wolves to go down. Um, I'm also taking West Ham. Uh, the rumor is that City are coming in for Paqueta, and I think if that happens, like this team looks really average really quick. And I know they won the Conference League and stayed up, and that kind of papered over uh, what I think were pretty significant cracks. Uh, and I just, with Moya still being there, I I kind of wonder what what is going to be the thing that rejuvenates this team and kind of gets them to kick on the new season. I, I just kind of don't really think they have it. And the other that I'm going to take is Sheffield. They sold their top goal scorer from the championship uh, to Marseille, I believe it was. And I, I just I haven't seen them do anything to really strengthen. So it's going to be Oliver McBurney leading the line again. And I just that's not a recipe for success to me. So that can change depending on how the transfer window shakes out. And all of this can change, especially down here, because I think the window can make such a difference on on some of those some of these teams down here so that can change but for right now i'm still going with sheffield yeah i mean for me west ham stays up because the owners already hate david moyes and are looking for any reason to fire him so the second they're in trouble they're gonna pull the ripcord um sheffield united have austin trusty do you not austin trusty the process i that's yeah, gonna be that the one true all right uh ram how about you relegation relegation teams um for me i think luton town is a lock um i was kind of going back and forth between picking wolves and west ham after listening to everybody kind of chime in i'm gonna pick uh wolves to be the second team to go down and then i think um this is more of like an emotional like i want this to happen but uh, I'm picking Everton to be the third team to go down. I just don't think like they've they've flirted with it long enough. They haven't really ever done anything to improve that squad. 
And I just feel like they're just getting lucky every single season. And I think this is the season that their their luck runs out and they're going to open their new Everton Stadium next year against Blackburn Rovers in the championship. And it's going to be the beautiful, it's going to be the greatest uh, stadium in the championship league. Um, they're going to be there for a while. Uh, so I'll tell you right now, if we simultaneously relegate Everton and win the league on the last day of the season, <laughs> I will be the happiest motherfucker on the planet. You know what? I didn't even like, I didn't even consider that when I saw the prompt and the question, but like, yes, that would be a perfect storybook ending to a championship winning season is to send fucking Everton who has just always been a thorn at the side of as, especially as, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's been longer than that, but like ever since I've become an Arsenal fan, Everton is always that fucking team that just kind of, I, I, I hate them so much. So it was cool to see them beat relegation two years ago against Leeds and see Richarlison do his, his, his slide or whatever. Like I thought that was funny that was cool like that's the charm of the premier league last year was like okay like whatever these guys are acting like they really won something um i think i think watching them escape relegation last year just put it in my head like i want them out like get out of here well i mean you know the first year right afterwards a bunch of their fans ran onto the field and one of them tried to punch patrick Vieira. yeah that one was a little weird too that's a weird choice of all people, like, you could do it. Yeah, like, not, not the guy, guy I would pick. Um, <laughs> there's the whole, like, weird Frank Lampard, Sean Dyche. Uh, they play Sean Dyche ball and try to kill people um, <laughs> type of stuff. So it's not like, you know, they're playing a little more free-flowing, even your God, I'm about to call David Moyes free-flowing compared to Sean Dyche. Um, it would also be <laughs> incredibly poetic. Yes. If Luton Town were somehow to stay up and Everton goes down, That'll and you have beautiful. that brand new stadium in the championship, and you have Luton's situation staying up in the Premier League, that would actually be really beautiful to see. I, I need that. That's that's what I need. So then I scratch out Luton Town. They can stay, and I don't know. We'll trade um, trade Bournemouth. You can send them out. We don't need them. Yeah. So here's my big thing on Luton. Everyone is saying they're going to go down, and every time that happens, I feel like that team stays up. And I mean, maybe I'm just, you know, thinking this, and it doesn't actually happen, but uh, you know, that was happening with uh, Brentford the year that um, we yeah. had, you know, people who shall remain nameless, uh, Gary Neville, uh, dancing <laughs> in the stands because they beat an entirely, like, COVID-crippled Arsenal team and stuff like that. I mean, Brentford are a way better operation than Right, Luton play kind of like a kick and rush, like big guy. Hey, let's try to like it's almost like Burnley ball, but not quite. Um, Shondai shit. So I mean, like they can steal some points, but I don't know if they can steal three. They can maybe steal one. Um, but I always have that thing in the back of my head whenever everybody's like, "Yep, this team is definitely going down." Uh, yeah, yeah. That they might. It was Burnley last year. Yeah. Well, as soon as they fired Scott Cardigan, they were fine. Yeah, that's fair. After, like, you you know, it's difficult to account for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say Luton Town has a player named Marvelous Nakamba. Uh, used to play at Aston Villa for a couple years. He is from Zimbabwe. 
It's a great name, man. Marvelous. It's it's hard to <laughs> discount great names. So maybe that maybe that keeps them up. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, if that's enough, I'm happy. I mean, I think a lot of us would like to take away days to Luton, but it's going to be pretty difficult. Also, just the years long progression from what was it like the the conference to Premier League in what was it like eight years? Yep. Like so, that uh, that almost deserves to at least gotta, stay up for more than one year. Like, gotta hand it to him, man. <laughs> it's a good I story. I would, it's a good story. I don't remember the guy's name, but they have somebody who potentially could have played in um, the Conference League, which is the um, rung below uh, all of league football, which is what Wrexham was in last year. League Two, League One, Championship, and Premier League. So if he makes an appearance, he would be the first person to ever do that. That's nice. Good for him. Yeah. So I hope he does that, and then I hope he scores nine goals against Spurs, and then fucks the fuck off. Um, actually, I don't really care what happens. So I just don't want him to score against us. Um, okay, so we got the uh, other teams that don't matter out of the way. You guys want to talk some Arsenal? Arsenal. You know, ostensibly why we're on this podcast after a fucking hour. <laughs> um, so I have some thoughts on this, but I gave you guys a few Arsenal questions. And I'm going to give you one to lead off, and then I'm going to get really weird with this because uh, I want to see how good you guys are off the cuff. Um, Brayden, top five scorers for Arsenal this year. All right, I'm going to go with order. Uh, Saka. You can do order or not in order. Okay, I'll, I'll go with order, but really it'll be a toss-up for some days. I'm going to go Saka leads the way, followed by Martinelli, followed by Odegaard, followed by Jesus. Followed by Havertz. <laughs> you sound really confident in that last one. <laughs> yeah, I I almost thought about like a Gabriel in there because like he really does get uh, on the end of set piece as well. But I, I do think that Havertz will be decent in the goal scoring department. Okay, let me clarify too. Uh, this is Premier League only. Which I assume you knew. I meant. I, uh, I assumed it was primarily yeah. Uh, Josh, how about you? Um, just because just because Jesus got injured, he's on my top five right now. That that might change. Uh, but top five right now is uh number one Saka, then Odegaard, Marnelli, Trossard in the number four spot, and then Havertz in number five. Uh, Ram, how about you? Uh, I'm going Martinelli, Saka, Trossard, Odegaard, Gabi Jesus. Uh, I know he's hurt, but I think he's going to come back quicker than we expect. And he's going to have lots of goal involvements. And he'll he'll round out the top five. But he'll probably narrowly beat somebody like Kai Havertz. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the same as you, but I'm going to flip Havertz in for Jesus. Mm. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be those... Uh, Jacker runs we saw last year, but he's going to finish a lot more of them. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I like that shout, and that's it's exactly how I envision him playing. So we have kind of what I'm going to call four big signings so far this year: David Raya just finished today, um, Urian Timber, Kai Havertz, Declan Rice. Um, Ram, go first. Which one are you most excited about? I'm going to go with Urian Timber and. That's not to say like. All right, now think, you have to sing the song. Go ahead. I don't even know this. Oh, it's. 
<laughs> Do, Do it. it. <laughs> Do it. It's going down. I'm yelling timber. Okay, good enough. Better. Okay. <laughs> okay, but but okay, yeah. Like I, I think Kai Havertz. I think he's gonna do what Jacques, what he, what what Arteta wanted Jaka to do, but probably a lot better, right? Because he's a better finisher, uh, ideally, right? Um, I think Declan Rice is a lot of what he's gonna do for us may not necessarily show up in the in the stat sheet, um, and I think that's still gonna be great, right? But I think Urian Timber just because. I think one of our biggest issues over the past three or four years, or especially even as long as I've been an Arsenal fan, which is admittedly admittedly not that long, has been just our defensive, like our back four, our, our depth depth there. And I think Yuri and Timber is just sort of a sign of where we have, have how far we've come along and and just kind of like like our, our statement signing. And letting people know, like, I mean, we are really, really good on the defensive end. I mean, I think he's already played well enough to secure a spot in the, in the starting 11. I don't know why you would not play him, just given how he's looked in the preseason. But if he does end up on the bench, I mean, that's a hell of a person. Just based off what we've seen, um, that's a hell of a person to, to, to bring off the bench. He's played on the left, on the right. He's so calm. He he's 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 you know a lot of the players that we've brought in have that same profile, just calm presence on the ball. Um, you know our captain is calm. Declan Rice looks calm on the ball, and I just think he brings a certain swagger and and I'm going to use the word again, but calmness uh, to the defensive end. And I'm just I'm really excited from what I've from the little I've seen of him. Yeah, Braden and I kind of chit chat about Arsenal stuff you know, a few days a week. And, you know, we had all the big signings with Rice and Havertz. And when that Timber stuff broke, I was like, I watched this guy a lot. And uh, this guy's fucking amazing. And uh, even like preseason so far, he's been like off the fucking charts, even beyond my wildest dreams. So yeah. I'm super happy about that. Uh, Braden, any thoughts? You can pick Timber again if you want to. Yeah, I'm going to move in a little bit different direction. I think Timber's probably going to be the, I don't want to say most exciting to watch. Like, I, I think he's going to be the piece that most people aren't expecting. But I, I think I'm going to choose the guy who I think determines our ceiling for the season, and that's Kai Havertz. Like, I think that Rice is going to come in and do his thing. I think he's crucial to what we do. But I think if Havertz can come in, hit the ground running, and really contribute on the goal-scoring end, I think that kicks his team up to a completely different gear and makes us like actually scary uh, for other teams to face all, like on all fronts. It doesn't matter. Champions league, Premier league, whatever. So I, I'm going to take Havertz. I know there's some potentially flashier things and um, I, I really loved what I've seen from Timber as well. Um, but I think Havertz is the guy that if he's great, we are really great. Hmm. I think I agree there, but like, you know, let's say Havertz starts somewhere between 32 and 35 Premier League games. Um, what numbers does he have to hit, like goals plus assists, for us to get to, you know, title hunt, title winners? So I think 15 would be title hunt. I think 20 would be pushing us over the, the top there because I think Jaka was at. 13, if I remember correctly. It, it was somewhere like 13 or 15. So I think uh, 7 and 7, can... and I think he got like 2 on the last day, maybe. 
Yeah, I think that's right. So I think if he's around 15, I think that most replaces what Xhaka did. Um, if he can kick on and add more than that, like I think that can be the difference in second and first. Yeah, I definitely. Um, especially if we can get those like uh, Saka cuts back, hits that kind of scoop ball to the back post and he finishes it, because I don't think Granite could ever do that run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not Granite's fault. But if we get that working, we're going to be fucking cooking. Um, Josh, how about you? Um, <laughs> I, as, as much as I admire Kai Havertz, and I rate him super highly, and I think he's going to be a pivotal piece for um, any potential title hunt or even title securing effort uh, we have, especially in the second half of the season. Um, I think what Urian Timber adds to that back line is going to play an even bigger piece in closing the gap and putting Arsenal in a really, really great position to maybe even close out a title run a couple weeks before the end of the season. Um, because just, just looking at defensive production um, last year, I mean, we were, we were 10 goals off the pace um, from like Man City and Newcastle's like defensive output as far as his goals allowed. And a guy like Timber is going to keep those 10 goals from happening. Um, and especially with Saliba back, the combination of those four uh, with just him, White, Saliba, and Gabriel um, kind of holding down the fort in that respect. And then, you know, adding that, adding the dynamic of David Raya giving Ransdale some healthy competition to just make sure that he's on top of his game um, for the duration of the season and giving us some added depth and quality for like European fixtures and stuff like that. Uh, like as much as I want to say that Havertz is going to be the biggest contributor, like I, I think Timber's just going to run away with being the most valuable player of the signings that we had in this window. He played center back last year. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's, that's what, that's what makes it even more like, um, cause it's, it's not just that it's like, you know, if for some reason some crap happens with Gabriel or Saliba, we just bring in Zinchenko when he's healthy again or Tierney and then Timber just moves over. Like it's, it's not rocket science. So it's, it's not just what he's producing now, but it's like, it's, it's almost kind of like insurance. Like if anything were to happen, we have this guy that's just like super versatile, similar to how Havertz is in his position where it's like, Hey, Jesus is out. We can play Havertz as a nine and he's going to be great. Um, that's what we need this year. And I'm glad that we have it. Yeah. And I mean, that's Mikel's thing. And it has been for a while is versatility. Um, you know, we have, we barely even talked about Katie or who's looked very good. Yes. Um, and you can slot him in a bunch of places. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of Swiss Army knife things. Um, okay, fun question. Braden, you can go first. How many full 90 minutes will Mikel Arteta be suspended this year due to bullshit Premier League things? <laughs> Let's I, pretend they're legitimate, just for the sake I, of the question. I pose to, uh, to my colleagues on the football academy that we really need to find uh, some yellow card props uh, for managers because Arteta is getting all of them. I I will put it at I'm going to put it at three. Like I I think it has like these rules feel like they were made for Michael Arteta, and I but think that 
<laughs> right. I, I think the referee is going to be looking for it, and they're going to card him early and often. And I guess it's fairly rare that you see managers actually get sent off. But if it's going to happen to someone, it's going to happen to Mikel Arteta. So three sounds like a lot, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be one like in the next two, like in the first two to three weeks, you know, one later that's maybe kind of nothing, and then uh, I don't know, maybe something towards the end as well. I feel like Deserbi and Lopetegi both got yellow card accumulation suspensions last year, so I could definitely see one of those too. I could um, say Deserby had that like fight with the who was it that was filling in for Conte? Was it Stellini? Oh, um, that, that that was a super weird whole thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I were Deserby, I would have done the same thing for sure. Yeah, that game was a fucking joke. Um, sorry, off track. Uh, Josh, anything to add? Uh Gosh, I'm just I just have this vision in my head of Arteta getting sent off um when we play United at Old Trafford. Uh because Paul Journey uh, is the referee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I am just thinking like of like which which any of the matches where just the maximum amount of just garbage is going to happen, uh courtesy of the PGMOL. Uh it's it's gonna happen in Manchester. And it's going to happen at United away. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely see him getting sent off in that match. And as far as, like, yellow card suspensions, I think he might he might strategically, like, you know, get a couple yellow cards before we play, like, Luton away or something so he can avoid having to, you know, cram into that, like, tiny stadium or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't see Mikel doing that. Mikel doesn't Mikel. <laughs> uh but yeah i think he's gonna get sent off at least one match uh and then maybe get a suspension second half of the season okay uh ram yeah i'm gonna probably say the same thing he's gonna get two he's gonna miss two games right he's gonna get one on yellow card accumulation whatever that is and then i think he's gonna get two yellow cards in one game a second one on purpose to fire the team up kind of like my boy coach pop does with the San Antonio Spurs and just kind of Ooh, Spurs. he's going to just say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm tired. It's been a long night. It's cold. I'm going to get this yellow card so I can, you know, get a head start, go on the team bus, warm up a little bit, fire up the team. We end up winning anyway, but I think he's going to get one on purpose. Also not necessarily just to fire up the team, but maybe just send a message at how ridiculous the rules are. And um, I don't know. We'll see. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm, what I'm envisioning, I guess, yeah, when you guys are talking and then when I'm learning about the rules and, and, and what's like how they're going to enforce it. And they were enforcing some of those rules excessively a little bit there in, in the community shield. And Arteta got that ridiculous yellow card. And I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be early in the season two as they try to like, you know, adjust to these new rules and try to like, they're going to go all out on enforcing the new rules and give way too many yellow cards and, and I think someone like Mikel Arteta is definitely going to be um, sort of targeted, if you will. And uh, yeah, he'll he'll definitely get suspended early on, sooner than later. I'll say that. Yeah, and I mean it's fine. Rodri can still commit several yellow card offenses and then yeah. first collar tackle, first collar tackle a guy and then not get yellow carded. Yeah, don't do that uh, again, or else it's just that all night. Ah, oh, the seventh time <laughs> you do this, I'll get mad. I swear. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, which brings us to our next question. And uh, Ram, since you segued into it yourself anyways, um, hey. which ridiculous new Premier League rule will we be made an example of? And then it will never get applied again, really. Uh, this oh. year, last year it was the uh, Martinelli scoring the opener at Old Trafford, and then that was the day that let him play died because it was inconvenient. Yeah. Uh, what's your guess this year? Uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be – it's going to be a, either, yeah, the emphasis on, I guess, whatever whatever the the, 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 the manager behavior in, the t- in, in their box or whatever – or some kind of stupid yellow card uh, for time wasting. We saw it when Thomas Party got his um, his yellow. It wasn't for the foul. It was for him kind of kicking the ball away, and th- the referee threw up a yellow card. But I feel, and I hate you know putting this kind of evil on us, but I feel like somebody's gonna get a yellow card early on for like a foul, or they could get the stupid card early on, and then that second yellow was gonna come a- along the way for. Again, something stupid, whether it's just kicking the ball out of reflex and the referee just, again, emphasis on not time-wasting this and this. It's going to give them that second yellow, and we're either going to be you know, screwed over that way. And then because of that, they're going to go back and say, well, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Yeah, this, that, and the other. And then we're just going to be like, well, too fucking late now. Um, so I guess what, what was the question? What was the rule? Oh, it's going to be the time-wasting rule, totally. Um even though, even though goalies love to do that against us, and and I'm thinking about that, I forget the guy's name, but the the Bournemouth goalie who just wasted all that time, um, and then the same thing with Emmy Martinez wasting all that time, barely got a yellow. I think somehow now that they're trying to cut down on time wasting, uh, even though we don't do a whole lot of it, uh, we're probably going to be the ones that get singled out for it. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind, and an Arsenal goalkeeper will be the first one to. Get double yellowed for some time like that. Yeah. Well, we got to do it to someone, but um, yeah, for me, the answer is easily Mikel. Um, he's going to get, you know, step a quarter of an inch outside of his box, and people are going to scream and yell, and there will be gnashing of teeth and rending of garments, and none of it actually matters. And, you know, Pep will continue to do the same shit and not get touched. And um, it is what it is. We're all used to it. Uh, Josh, you want to jump in here? Yeah, I'm just I'm looking through the the eight most significant rule changes that happened. Uh, yeah, obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna align with everyone else and saying the Arteta one's the most obvious. Um, as far as as far as Arsenal being made an example for something, I think on the receiving end. Um, so there's there's one stipulation that they made where um, players can avoid a card after a foul if the referee believes they made a deliberate attempt for the ball and some people might say an honest attempt for the ball well how do you define an honest attempt so what is it going to be like yesterday where you have like you said like Rodri just horse collar tackling people and not getting carded is it because in his heart he made an honest attempt on the ball it was it was a metaphorical attempt like are 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 we are we approaching he just seems like, like a nice boy, okay? <laughs> it's it's just like it's 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 one of those things where um, like, Scott like, McTominay rule. Oh my god. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but thank you. Oh gosh. It's just like it, it's it's just too subjective. And it's like and these rules are just built for like Manchester privilege. 
Like if we're playing City at the Etihad or yes, United at Trafford, <laughs> uh, it, it's just it's just more. It's, we know we know that's how it is without all these rules even being you know uh, articulated. It's that's that's those were always the unspoken rules, and now it's just like it's more explicit, being like, hey, like these are the rules, and we're going to force them extra hard when you go to Manchester. Uh, and I just I think away days in Manchester are going to be even more like sufferable now because like. It's just more. It's just more excuse for the referees to, like, take unjust control over trivial moments in the game, or even not exercise uh, consistent control whenever one team is doing something and another team's doing something similar, but only one team's getting carded for it, like what happened on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. we do talk about suffering a bit here. Um, anything you want to chime in on here? Yeah, so I agree with most of y'all for that. Those are the most obvious ones. The ones that I'm going to throw in is one that we kind of got fucked with a little bit last year with all the charges from the FA we got for surrounding the referee. Allegedly, that's going to be a point of emphasis, and that is definitely only going to be applied to us in certain games, specifically in Manchester. Yeah, uh, there was a game last year where both us and City got charged and City had, like, three instances, and we had one, and we got charged for, like, a way higher fee or something. Uh, So the precedent's down there on the ground. I do want to point out, too, um, just in the sake of being fair to PGMOL, Everest, you know, something they actually give to us, uh, they did give Julian Alvarez, like, an absolutely bullshit kick-the-ball-away yellow card, too. Uh, It wasn't just Thomas Party, but that was also after, you know, 45 minutes of Arsenal fans screaming at Stuart Atwell. Yeah. Um, so he was, it was more of like, oh, fine. You know, just, I don't want to look bad. Have a yellow card. Um, okay. Uh, I got two more questions to do here for us. Uh, Braden, you want to lead off here with uh, what's your biggest surprise for Arsenal going to be this year? I think that Fabio Vieira hits 10 goal contributions in the season. Yeah, uh, I, in the I think that he's had a really strong preseason everything after the Manchester United game has been uh, really pretty good I think and uh, even with what he was able to do against uh, Monaco in the uh, Emirates Cup where he kind of came in and played uh, where Saka usually plays on, on the right wing like I think he was able to bring in something a little different played a few more switches and, and I think can bring something to those areas and he's pretty versatile so I think as we get more fixture congestion in the Champions League, I think he could be a really key piece. And I think he could be a guy that steps up. Okay. I like that answer. Uh, Ram, how about you? Uh, it's going to be like a two-pronged thing. But we're going to see one of our top five goal scorers hit, get a hat trick and hit 20 goals. I don't know if it's going to be the same player. But I think our top goal scorer hits 20 goals. Not goal contributions, but I think either Saka or Martinelli hits that big dub 2-0. Okay. Happy to see that too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think Aaron Ransdell will uh, lead the league in clean sheets this season. Mm. Okay. Uh, we're going to come back to that one for sure. <laughs> that's, also, that's a pretty bold statement considering what happened earlier today. Yeah. I almost, I almost uh, went with um, – that David Raya starts a fi- a final. I don't know. I I, I was thinking I was thinking at some point there's going to be a serious talk about 
whether there's going to come a point where there's, there's going to be serious conversations about Riot taking the starting job from Ramsdale. That, that yeah. was kind of what I wanted. Not anything yeah. against Ramsdale, but I just think Riot's that good. And Ramsdale is also good. So it's I'm, I'm looking forward to that battle, is all I'll say. So mine is actually more out there than Josh's. Hmm. Yeah. Weird, right? Um, we're going to have no fucking clue what Mikel's going to do week to week. And Arsenal Online, the reasonable amount, not, you know, AFTV or anybody like that. The reasonable, to the extent they exist, Arsenal Online people will learn to love Mikel Chaos. Uh, that's yeah, I can't cool. back you on the second part of that. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, like, that's gonna be we, very, you guys very can get back to me on, like, 5.30 Central, 5.32 Central time after the lineup is released uh, on real. Saturday. And um, it'll be normal. But, um Okay. <laughs> All right, we got to do it. Last question. Uh, Josh, you can go first. What do you expect your biggest moment of suffering this year to be? Oh, gosh. Um, I am going to predict that. Uh, oh, gosh, this is this is a tough one. I'm trying to think of realistically what could possibly happen. Um, I think I've been, I've been way too excited about the fact that Southampton is not in the premier league this year (laughs) and a new team is going to take their place as being our nemesis. And I, I think our biggest moment of suffering will be they lose to Sheffield United at home this season. Okay. Ram. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to lose a final, whether it's the FA Cup or the league, the Carabao Cup or shit, the Champions League final. Uh, We're not going to go. I think we're going to compete for all the trophies, but I think we're going to fall short one, if not two times. And that's definitely going to just be absent. I don't even whether we win the league or not, like if we're going to be in a a trophy uh, final like i think we're gonna lose something and it's gonna hurt did i lose you guys for a second yeah i thought everybody got upset with me when i said that and i was just like oh, anybody else my bad <laughs> but yeah uh, i think yeah. that's what's gonna happen i think we're gonna um we're gonna lose a final i don't know what final it's gonna be but i feel like uh, as high as i'm building up my hype like that's that would be my disappointment, right? As much as I'm saying we're gonna have we're gonna be in all the competitions, we're gonna compete on all fronts, and we're gonna just look good, and we're gonna score 20 goals from one player, and this and that and the other. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna drop a we're gonna drop a trophy to somebody, and it's gonna be to somebody we hate, um, and that's, that's just gonna absolutely fucking ruin my day, you know? <laughs> yeah, just a day. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, Braden, how about you? We get bounced out of the Champions League by VAR intervention late in the match. I'm thinking like 85th minute or later. I, I don't know if it's going to be um, a goal that, you know, we thought we scored that was ruled offside or, you know, someone getting sent off from VAR or something like that. Like, it, it will be something like that, and it will be VAR, and it will be incredibly painful. 
And it's going to be to like fucking Marseille or some bullshit like that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Champion yeah. League for that one. Yeah. I mean, it's. I've just baked in the disappointment from the Premier League match officials at this point. Yeah. You guys should start putting betting lines on that. <laughs> uh, I guess there's not really like an objective way to measure it, but, you know, the whole like technically correct but only applied against Arsenal thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a healthy expectation to figure out like which matches is it going to be most likely that we get screwed over by the officials in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, mine's kind of two tiered. It's going to involve Paul Tierney and or it's going to involve uh, PGMOL's complete resistance to automated offside or oh. semi-automated offside. Because um, there's absolutely no reason that shouldn't be adopted other than, you know, jobs for the lads. Uh, <laughs> you know, because they're great at drawing lines and shit, right? <laughs> you have a bunch of 60-year-old guys, computers, and, um, you know, no technology training. They're going to do fantastic at it. They know how to draw lines? Well, it's new. Uh, they told us they did. <laughs> That's what we have to go on. All right. I mean, I don't know. Uh, After years of watching him in referee the Premier League, I would have thought Mike Dean could have done lines plenty well. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, I'm still mad, by the way, at uh, Ted Lasso for trying to humanize him and completely glossing over all of the shit wrong with City. Yeah, it's, yeah, same here. That's a podcast for a different day. Um, anything else you guys want to jump on before we get out of here? Uh, I, I'll say something real quick. Um, uh, I don't, I'm sure, yeah, you, you guys know, um, but you know, anybody listening, uh, if they haven't picked the premier league team and they're living in the Austin area, I highly recommend you all come to the tavern on 12th and Lamar, uh, the Austin Gooners, um, meet there for every men's match. And we're trying to also get, uh, some watch parties going for the women's team because they will, are over over time they're getting more and more games broadcast on streaming networks and stuff like that so we'll be able to show them at the bar um and just to follow us on all the social medias austin gooners we're austin gooners everywhere all lowercase all one word um but yeah if you haven't picked a team consider the austin gooners yeah and um upstairs right for every game upstairs is where the most uh intense fans go but i will say we get the whole bar to us so if an arsenal match is on it'll be arsenal no other no other matches if you are listening and your uh team plays arsenal you're more than welcome to come to the tavern we just have one rule for both the gooners and any other fans it's just don't be a jerk if you just follow that rule that covers basically everything we all want to have a good time and we want everybody else to have a good time too right it's just it's just football so come through and enjoy it yeah i mean you shouldn't have to be told if you're in a high pressure environment with 200 people cheering against your team not to be a dick like that's just (laughs) self-preservation at some point yeah yeah. you need to be told that um you know don't be a dick there you go i too have met chelsea fans yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, it was an Everton fan who was the most recent um, sort of culprit of dickism. Uh, the one match, it was at 6 a.m. and they beat us 1-0. 
Um, it was at 6 a.m., right? So there's probably about 30, surprisingly, like 30 people at the tavern just watching. Again, it's super early. We're all tired. We're frustrated because this game's not going well. It's a couple of Everton fans there, just quiet as well. And then they fucking score, and then they just proceed to just kind of be chatty for the next 10 minutes or so. And our branch manager had to kind of go over there and sternly tell them, like, hey, look at where you're at. Practice a little bit of decorum, man. Let, like, just relax. We yeah, understand. Like, we understand you're excited, but come on, you're surrounded. You're in the lion's den right now. Relax. Yeah, like you jump up during a goal, fine, whatever. You continue it for another 20 minutes, like fuck off. Yeah, um, exactly. Braden, were you at Gunnergroff for that? I was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was not fun. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was fun. Like it, I mean, you're in New Orleans. There's crawfish. Like you, you can't be that mad. And Gunnergroff is great. People should go every year, but. Um, it, it was not the most fun. It was my um, it also being in Central Time. Didn't love the getting up to go to the pub super super early. Like obviously, you know, oh, watch sorry, my team, you get used to it. We yeah. do it every fucking week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but you have to get there extra early at Gunnergrad because it, the Finn McCool's is not a large bar. So if you want to get um, if if you want to get a seat, you need to get there like very very early. So um, yeah, the, cranky from that and just uh, not that much fun overall. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm always in the uh, as long as I have somewhere to set my beer, I'm fine. But um, seat, I'm not going to sit down anyways watching any of these games. Yeah, that's fair. I never um, sit down. All right, cool. Well, uh, I think we're going to get out of here, and maybe we'll do some more roundtable stuff as we go along. Um, maybe we'll talk about games afterwards. We'll see. Uh, the season is young. Go Gooners. And uh, on behalf of Josh, Ram, and Brayton here, uh, thanks for suffering with us. Bye. Bye. Bonus here for Austin Jarrett Stroud. It's Diego for goodness. He has written his name into Austin folklore. They just won't go away. It's impossible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Altidore squares it. Dempsey's missed it. Donovan has it. From hope, there is glory.